Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Nerds Adulting, a podcast where grown-ups discuss all things nerdy, by nerds for everyone. Imaginary Worlds is a podcast about science fiction and other fantasy genres hosted by Eric Malinsky. This week, we are joined by Eric Malinsky to discuss the show and all things regarding nerd culture. Please check out his show wherever you get your podcast, as his show is a must-listen for nerds and geeks. For more information, you can go to imaginaryworldspodcast.org. So, I guess I'd like to start off uh, with us introducing ourselves. My name's Peter Boland. I work at the University of North Carolina, and I've been there for over a year. My boss, his name is Brian Penders. He's the one that actually introduced the show to me. I have a long commute. And your show has saved me on numerous occasions, so I'm, I'm thankful for that. And then cool. we, also, we also have Josh. Josh, I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah, so my name is Josh Wick. Hi, Eric, and it's nice to meet you. Um, I uh, am a, <laughs> I'm a soldier in the United States Army. I've been enlisted for 10 years. I've been a nerd my whole life. Uh, I'm just trying to create content with uh peter here and and ruthie uh we're just trying to make it uh the best that we can and we're always learning so um i've been excited about uh hearing about your exploits as a podcaster and as your 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 other stuff working with uh, the new yorker radio hour and stuff like that because i've always been interested in podcasting and and i've always wanted to do it and now getting the chance to talk to somebody who does it on a much larger scale than we do you know it's very interesting for me so it's very nice to meet you and i'm looking forward to the interview cool all right and then we have ruthie ruthie would you introduce yourself hi um so i'm ruthie and um uh, basically what i do is i actually am recently um, have gone freelance in um, things like voice acting and podcast production mm-hmm. and uh, more the stylized like storytelling narrative uh, theatrical bouts. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my own little podcast uh, that's sex positive and then I do this one with Peter and Josh and yeah I just love storytelling so I picked up this show your show and I've listened to a couple episodes and I really like how you delve into a lot of it so excited to visit with you today. Cool. Yeah, and I feel like the show, I, I do cover a lot of different stuff. So, like, if you're into the storytelling narrative aspect, I have more stuff about theater. I've got audio dramas. But, you know, I also did an episode about military science fiction, you know, if Josh did yeah. that. So, like, I, I definitely jump around in terms of, like, you can you know, I have 145 oh, yeah. episodes or something. So, yeah, you can you can pick and choose. Yes. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I've been doing now is I've I've gone through your recent stuff and I'm going back and picking things that I find interesting. Uh, the one with the Eve Online episode was really great. I really found that interesting because I knew of it, but you dove so deep into it and it just told the entire story. It was so cool. Like I read a small article like when it happened, but yours expanded on that and had the people on, which was really cool. Um, so oh, thanks. Yeah, no problem. So the the idea is to talk about your show, pick your brain a little bit. Uh, I'm very interested in to to get your insight and and things that have happened and your opinions and stuff. So one thing that I'm a huge fan of is origin stories. I just love to know where people come from and you know mm-hmm. what influenced them. So I'm a, that's like me. Like or I'm a sucker for origin stories. Uh, so that being said, the first question I have for you is: Growing up. Uh, didn't how did nerd culture influence you and like what things were you into growing up 
Well, I'm, I mean, I'm old. So uh, I was, uh, <laughs> let's start out by saying that I'm really old. Uh, I was a kid when Star Wars came out, you know, like I saw it in the theaters. And so I was that generation of like now middle-aged fanboys where, you know, I was like in kindergarten and, you know, it just, you know, blew my little tiny mind and consumed me for years and years afterwards. I mean, I remember even playing with the Star Wars action figures before the movie had come out. I didn't even know who the characters were, but I was just like, this is amazing. I don't know who these people are, but I'm totally into these characters. And I made And I remember seeing the movie and being like, oh, I guess my storylines were way off that I could come up with. I have to revise those. Um, and then, yeah, I was, you know, Star Wars on the brain, Star Wars obsessed for years after that. And then, you know, I think like a lot of kids, like I was of that that Lucas Spielberg era where like E.T. comes out and, you know, Raiders comes out. And I'm like the perfect demographic to just go crazy and gaga over that. And it's I, I find this interesting thing with kid, people that are a few years younger than me were like, the Goonies seems to be the the turning point where I had just hit junior high and I decided like no I'm not that's like little kid stuff I'm not into that anymore <laughs> and I'll meet just a few years earlier than me younger than me and they're just like you never saw the Goonies like you love 80s pop culture and Lucas Spielberg and I was like it was like literally if it had come out one year earlier I would have been totally into it so uh, and then kind of what brought me back was Tim Burton's Batman I mean I remember seeing the trailer. Mm-hmm in the theaters and and just i did not know batman had gotten so cool and so dark like i had missed what was going on in the comics completely i was like totally into music or other forms of pop culture and uh i remember being like what the hell and then i went to uh newbury comics in boston uh where i grew up and just discovering like the dark knight returns and arkham asylum and all this and i was like oh my god batman's gotten totally cool and dark and how did i miss all this and then that just sent me down a rabbit hole that I never ever crawled out of. So, <laughs> you have you have yeah. mentioned Batman once or twice on on a few of your shows. <laughs> if, you, if you've listened to every episode of mine, you know that I've. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's kind of like with us. We always find a way to either reference either Star Wars or Metal Gear on this show. So <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We definitely understand like that deep rooted fandom of a specific thing that you can attribute to all kinds of references you can make while you're podcasting. So we get that. Yeah. Yeah, it all comes back to that. It's funny, Star Trek was like, I didn't love, I mean, Star Trek was okay. It's interesting because I've come to appreciate it a lot more in more recent years. It's funny, as the the other big, like, fandom thing. Um, but as a kid, I found it, like, dark and disturbing and too cerebral, and I just liked people with lightsabers battling each other. <laughs> um, so. But as an adult, I actually like it quite a bit. Right, I can totally relate. Like... Don't we all? Lightsabers is, was the way as a kid, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like, it's funny because Josh said it, like we keep coming back to the same stuff. So (laughs) it's just funny to hear somebody else like, because sometimes we're like, man, guys, we got to stop coming back to Star Wars every episode or Metal Gear, but it just happens. Um, And then also there's so many like variations of it. Like they'll never stop making Batman movie. Oh, I'm hearing myself echo right now, by the way. Uh Uh-oh. Hello? Uh, I think the echo's gone. That's weird. Anyway, sorry, I'll start. <laughs> That's <again>. okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like they never, and they'll also never stop making Batman movies or Batman anything, so there's always new material to keep me into into it. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's Yeah, there's always stuff that they're going to be making in those, like, universes, so it'll never get old. It'll just always be great, so. Yeah. 
Um, you've like done so much uh, work, like a ton of work in audio and stuff. How did you actually start Imaginary Worlds? Like, how did you start that and like make it your own thing? Uh, I've been working for, well, let's see. I mean, I started working at WNYC in 2004. Uh, it's New York Public Radio. And I work for an arts and culture show called um, Studio 360, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, and uh, But I love the show. And uh, it was like our host, Kurt Anderson, who's a writer, a novelist, um, and a journalist. Uh, he, he had this great line where he just said, like, you know, as far as we're concerned, no culture should be too highbrow or too lowbrow for us. Uh, so I enjoyed doing stories about, like, classical music or much more highbrow things. But, you know, I was always the one guy in the staff who would want to do the comic book stories. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember, like, they just, at one point, they're just like, we, we have to put a limit on how many stories you're allowed to do about, like, <laughs> it's not a going to cover that much um and we really want you to do a story about this new exhibit at moma and i'm like okay that sounds good but i i remember i wanted to have you know i was a reporter and a producer and uh i was on staff for a while and then i left so i could just go totally freelance and keep working for them mostly but work for other shows like marketplace and i did some 99 percent invisibles and stuff for npr itself and um mm-hmm. And I found that, too, when I would do NPR, I do Marketplace, it was like I didn't sound like myself at all because you just had to fit into that formula of what they what they mm-hmm. wanted. And uh, I was really – this is when 99% Invisible really was starting, and I just thought it was so amazing because Roman was uh, – Roman Mars was a, a reporter um, in the Bay Area, and just the way he had created the show and, and created his own voice uh, – around his own voice and also – um, the way he was really interested in big ideas, like the the sort of main character of an episode could just be a building and like how that building came to be and why people hate it or whatever. And I just thought, God, if I could only figure out like my own version of 99% Invisible, what would that be? And then, yeah, one day I was just like, like they always made fun of me on staff because I was like the geekiest person they ever met. You know, like I put up, <laughs> when I got there, I, I put up, when I got my cubicle, I, I put up two action figures from Superman Red Sun. Of Superman, the Soviet Superman, and then the Russian Batman. And people would just walk by and just be like, they just couldn't believe I had action figures, you know, <laughs> on my on my oh, desk. No. They just were like, you know, and I used to work in animation where I was like a, a modest geek, you know, compared to everybody else. Um, and then, yeah, one day I was just thinking like, well, what about like every idea I've pitched? They're just like, that is too nerdy. That's too geeky. There's no... You know, like I want to do an episode. I want to do a story for them about like what is the purpose of the love interest in a superhero movie. I just always thought that was like what exactly. And it was such a generic formula thing that's they, they've gotten there's less of that now. But I think you know this was like probably 2013, 2014. It was like you had to have a love interest that nobody really cared about. She was like the MacGuffin. Um, and so like what is that about? And there was just there was no news hook for that kind of thing. Like why are we doing the story? And then I I decided to make a list one day. I was like. What if I did like a sci-fi fantasy podcast that just sounds like public radio, you know, and like (laughs) if NPR went to Comic-Con and decided that's all they ever wanted to cover, what would that sound like? And I listed, I just started listing every idea I had that I knew would never get made. And, and, and that literally became the first season of my show, Imaginary Worlds. I just was like, I remember I, I couldn't believe how many of them were coming out as I was listing all these, like on a Microsoft Word doc. And I was like, this is a show. Like, this is totally like the first season of a show. And then that's where I knew I, yeah, I had something. And that there's nothing else out there like it because very, no one else really has my experience. And I, I, I didn't know, I never met anyone at public radio who was as much of a diehard geeky nerd as, as I mean, there are a lot of nerds, but not a lot of like geeks. <laughs> <laughs> 
so yeah, that's that's where it came from. And then and then it just took a while to to really do it and get the guts up to do it. So yeah. Okay, so Eric, so now that we're moving forward, um, I'm not gonna I'm gonna be frank with you. Okay, I've never uh, heard the show. I've had it ex- exposed to me through Peter and Ruth here. Um, I haven't had the opportunity yet to listen to an episode. However, uh, just seeing your titles and reading through them, uh, I am very excited to get into it. It seems very interesting, especially to you know people uh, that are into like this nerd culture kind of stuff. So my question is, uh, from seeing how much exposure you have and actually reading into it, it seems like you know you're doing fairly well. The podcast is very successful. So. I guess my question is, when did you realize that you might be onto something that really pushed you to like continue to to improve your craft and 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 refine what you were doing? Uh, you know, I was um, I've been doing the show for maybe a year, uh, and I was frustrated that I was my numbers were still really low, and um, uh, this this is something that that it's the kind of thing that sometimes uh, I teach podcasting at NYU and and my students sometimes are like well you know how did you get your sort of big break and I'm like well this is something you can't repeat that not repeat like don't tell anyone but this is not repeatable is just that like there was a particular guy that worked at iTunes who was working with WNYC to kind of promote their stuff and um, I just sent him an email and said I, I just said like hey I'd love to you know wh- what kind of stuff are you looking for like could you give me any advice it was like an informational email I and he just said well what's your podcast and I said oh it's a show Imaginary Worlds and it turns out he was a massive geek himself <laughs> and he was just like this is really good <laughs> and like this is really good wow and what then, a great what a great way to plug yourself in there yeah <laughs> I know and by the way this guy doesn't even work there anymore um, and I've tried with the people who have since worked there and they don't return my emails. Um, <laughs> Uh, but this guy was like, oh, my God, I'm so into this. I was like, you made this show for me. And then he, he put it in the new and noteworthy section. And, um, you know, and a guy, I got a bump from that and, uh, you know, for like a week. And that was the moment that I was just like, wow, you know, this is uh, because I, I found that a lot of people at WNYC, even my colleagues, even if they really respected the work I did at WNYC, it was hard to convince them that like, you know, what if your show was all about comic books? That's, you know, your public radio show. That's what mine sounds like. Or comic book material stuff. And, uh, you know, people just don't, you know, they don't take it as seriously. My my feeling was that the kind of debates and, and conversations that happen among the fans is as interesting as anything else we were covering. Uh, and it deals with a lot of the same stuff. It's just that, you know, um, you know, it's just happening within this fantasy world. So, uh, to get that kind of validation was huge, and then and then the biggest one was that Roman Mars. You know, I'd done a couple episodes of 99PI, and uh, he contacted me, and it was close to Thanksgiving. You know, the following year after I started my show, and he said, um, he was like, you know, I, I had no idea he was listening at all, and uh, he's like, yeah, I've actually been listening, and I really I like it, and I and I I've, and he said I, I'd love to, um, you know, we're we're taking Thanksgiving off, and we need to we have a show scheduled to come out like the the day before thanksgiving and uh do you mind if we just put in one of your episodes instead and i was just like no that would be fine (laughs) i don't mind that at all right absolutely yeah and then uh and his fan base was so engaged they just kind of like devoured it and um you know that's when the show really started to uh to take off um because he's such a tastemaker too so yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's it, cool to hear about um, that that pivotal moment in a person's like creative career about where they uh, make that push in order to get to a larger audience. I love those stories. We're trying to do that 
now. Hopefully, you know, it's here soon, but I'm, you know, still, we have to stick to it if we're going to make it, you know? It's hard. It's hard to find your audience. I mean, there's sort of this Venn diagram for me of people that are really into sci-fi fantasy stuff, and then people are really into like public radio style podcasts because they just really like to learn new things. And you have to find that crossover because yes, all those public radio people who may have been snobby about it weren't interested. But I find that a lot of sci-fi fantasy culture is very siloed. You know, like I did a series of Doctor Who episodes, Mm -hmm. and then people who are super into Doctor Who discovered it and listened to it and enjoyed it. And then when that was done, I I think I did something on Ursula Le Guin, or whatever came after that was totally not Doctor Who. And yet these are people very often who will listen to only Doctor Who podcasts. You know, like they go to Doctor Who conventions. They're like super into Doctor Who. And those are the type of people that actually don't stick with my podcast. uh, Because they're like, Mm. Like, if it doesn't meet their niche, they're going to go, yeah. Yeah, they're just like I'm not as uh, I don't know I'm, I'm you know and then you did something on LARPing and then you did <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like I don't know right, what, right. I, what is you know the, you're you're moving too far from my interests so uh, so it's interesting it's been hard it's been challenging for me to find that Venn diagram of of people um, who really fit you know in the middle between those two and it's really interesting because my my love for radio stems from. Um, I'm a little bit older. Um, maybe not be as old as you. I'm going to be 37 this year. So um, the Goonies thing, I totally get that. Like I loved Goonies growing up. So maybe that's the that's the era that I'm from. But I grew up listening to sports talk radio, and I kind of like. I guess the idea for our show was people like to talk about sports. People like to talk about nerdy things. But uh, you never heard people talk about nerdy things like on AM radio, and that's kind of like where the idea for the show came from is just a discussion talking about all things nerdy. Right. And, uh, I think it's kind of hard now to kind of find the audience of, you know, I feel like we talk a lot about video games now and it seems like it's kind of swaying towards that of just, you know, video game topics. And I want to do more than that, but it's kind of hard to, when you're an amateur show, I feel like to kind of gauge what you should, what topics you should be doing or how like I we're kind of a chill podcast. Like, do we need to dive into like some politicky things that happen, you know, that's going on or should we kind of leave that, leave that alone? So I think it's kind of like a struggle we're having as a amateur podcast right now. I mean, my feeling is it's whatever comes natural to you. I mean, even though I, I finally broke through and got all nerdy and geeky with all this stuff, I was, uh, you know, I was a public radio reporter for 10 years exclusively, but for, but until well, not until recently, until pretty much now, I continued doing freelance work, you know, to make extra money, continued working with like the New Yorker radio hour. So while I'm doing these episodes on like, you know, Star Wars and Star Trek and Doctor Who, I'm doing a side project with them about the war in Syria. And Mm. I'm super into that and really like finding it incredibly intellectually stimulating. So that's just like, that's like sincerely who I am. I'm a a news junkie and, and into that kind of stuff as well. So it just can't help but pop up in my show. My show often, you know, maybe it gets more serious than some people would would like, you know, uh, because of that. Um, But that's just who I am. And so I I feel like whatever comes, you know, naturally to you and whatever feels like the most organic thing and not because you want to, not because you feel like you should, I think that's the direction you should go. All right. That makes makes a lot of sense. That makes a ton of sense. Um, that being said, going back to, I want to get back to your show because <laughs> mm-hmm. the, the focus is uh, imaginary worlds. So I, re- I was in love with uh, the Bass Reeves episode that you did talking about him um, mm-hmm. based off the Watchmen, which is fantastic. Cause I had no idea about it. And then your can villains be good. That's a conversation I've had 
so many times, mostly about Fast and the Furious mm-hmm. and Han. I'm not sure if you're fin- familiar with the Justice for Han thing that went on. Um, you know, I actually haven't. That's that's been a little bit of a hole in my pop culture knowledge of the whole Fast and the Furious movies. I mean, I know I know the idea. I know who's in it and that kind of stuff. But yeah. I've actually not, I don't really know those movies very well. Well, it fit it, it fit a conversation that Frank had because Han is killed by a character who's good again, and every, you know, it was in Hobbs and Shaw. So like, that was a conversation that we had, but. Um, do you have uh, any any favorite episodes or ones that just are kind of special to you? Oh, my own show? Yeah. Uh, God, let me look at my... <laughs> There's just so many. <laughs> it's quite a big favorite. You know, it's funny. I, I, I feel like I put... I put as much love into every one of these episodes as possible, and then it's a it, you never know what people are gonna gonna react to. That's that's always fascinating to me because some people just kind of like. Yeah, I'm like, really? That one? Okay. And then, you know, so one, another one that I think I'm really excited about, there's like crickets. And I'm, I'm like, I don't know what went wrong there. Um, but, uh, God, let's see. Stuff I'm really particularly... I mean, I was really... You know, I feel like the stuff... The, the stuff that I'm particularly personally kind of... What's the question with the stuff I'm particularly proud of? or Yeah, it's something or that's what? special to you. Not, not necessarily your favorite. So maybe something that, you know, that you're... You know, that's something that's maybe something personal to you or something that connected with you, something that just sticks oh, out, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would definitely be the, um, the role playing stuff. Cause I, um, you know, I did a D and D episode where I had never played D and D as a kid. And I talked about, uh, on the episode, how it was a time when I was trying very hard not to be a nerd, not to be a geek because they were just, you know, this is a, if you can imagine, you know, 1980s, um, junior high and high school. I mean, it was like they were the bottom rung of the social ladder, like a John Hughes movie. And I was, I was just like, I would do anything not to be, you know, in that bottom rung. And so those kids were playing D and D and I actually really hit it off with them and probably would have enjoyed it if I was like embraced that side of me, you know, but I, I was too afraid to. Um, and so I started playing it like as an adult and I, I loved it. And, and just like, I found my people, you know, I found, I'm still playing with two of the people I met five years ago in that episode. Um, wow, like that's we're, amazing. We're still, we're doing it now over discord. Ooh. Um, and, uh, we've, we've created like incredible imaginary worlds together <laughs> and me and this other guy, like it, it, there's been many people who have come in and out of the group, but me and this other guy have great chemistry like we always end up being a comedy team like no matter what characters we choose we somehow end up being like a comedy duo (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why we just have like really good like chemistry and then our our dm is amazing i always say she's like a one-woman theatrical company and i i I often think she's kind of wasting her talents um dming with us because she could be like performing on stage and writing books um but uh but yeah that was like and then the larping too I never ever LARPed before, and uh, and that's the thing. After doing a certain amount of episodes, I'd run out of every hobby horse I had, and then I was just like, "Well, what about, what what don't I know anything about? Like, what can I jump into?" And I knew nothing about LARPing, um, and I was like, "All right, well, let's let's you know, let's do an episode of LARPing." And um, I got like ridiculously into it, like, um, and I had three episodes about LARPing, and and I guess in both cases, it's like you're you're like. You know, you're creating an imaginary world. You know, I'm not a writer in terms of fiction much. I've done a little bit, but um, you know, I'm, I haven't acted beyond like a college Neil Simon production. Um, and so to be able to basically invent stories and embody these characters, either in D and D or in LARPing, uh, and the fact that I discovered that through my podcast, will always be very, definitely very special to me. That's so cool. Um, 
I like, I, I think it's funny because, yeah, you have guests or you have things and you just like create these connections with people. I think it's like way cool and things you discover. So I'm, I'm totally on board with that. Um, speaking of your guests, have you ever had a guest that you were like completely like you had to hold back, like, I guess, fanboying or like that you were starstruck over having uh, on your show? Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, Neil Gaiman, <laughs> Neil Gaiman was the one that I was just like. And I only got him because he's friendly with the host of the show Studio 360 I used to work for. And I was just like, you know, um, Kurt, you think you could get me Neil Gaiman? (laughs) (laughs) Or like, I I mean, I think I was able to even just drop his name and just be like, I've worked with Kurt for years. And, you know, uh, at the time he's like, yeah, yeah. And in fact, he was going to, at the time I was with Panoply, which is a network that was part of Slate. And he was going to be at Slate anyway to do something else. And he's like, yeah, I'll hop into your studio afterwards. And it was just like, and we all know what Neil Gaiman looks like and what he sounds like. And when he's sitting across from you and with that, that incredible English voice, you know, um, I was just, I felt like a blathering idiot. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) I mean, it's fine. It was fine. But I think I just was just like, you know, it's like when Neil Gaiman is talking to you, like you answer a question and he, he, you ask a question and he answers it. And it's just like, "Ah," I felt like, yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because we started the podcast. um, I, I sent you the link that we had David Hader in, I don't know what happened. Yeah, like, coming, I don't even know. Coming how. back to Metal Gear. Yeah. But like I had done like two episodes just, you know, playing around. I sent, I found his manager's email and I sent him an email and he was like, yeah, sure. I was, what times are good for you? And I was like, mine was blown. And it was so hard to not just be like, can you say my name in the voice? You know, can you say this in, in the voice? And like, cool. and it was so hard to maintain my composure. And I think, I, th- I like to think I did a good job, but it was like just incredible. It was just so weird, surreal to me because I've um, never talked to a famous person in my life. Yeah, it was definitely hard for me too. Me being a large uh, fan of Metal Gear and being able to speak with the voice actor of somebody who, you know, is I consider like a hero, you know, and is a large influence on the kind of person that I've become. So I definitely can understand where Peter's coming from, and I definitely understand where you're coming from, where you have those characters on your show or those those personalities on your show that are that were such a big impact in your life that you know it really makes a difference and it really puts you in like a a humbling moment where you're like, "Wow, I can't believe I got to do this." Yeah, like I've always thought of if I want to interview Kevin Conroy, who going as all mm. things for me go back to Batman, mm. uh, who did Batman <laughs> the animated series. But just to, oh God, the thought of hearing his voice on the other end, I would just uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, but when I worked at Studio Three Hundred and Sixty, we had a ton of celebrities come in. But like when you're the producer who leads them from the lobby to the studio, I seriously <laughs> felt like they. I was like the butler in Downton Abbey. Like that's how they oh, all no. treated me. <laughs> oh no. So I was, it was weird because I was used to meeting celebrities who were incredibly indifferent to my existence. <laughs> That's funny. You know, like the most they might say to me is, can I get a glass of water? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I guess I met like Linkin Park one time in a, at a fan convention, I think, and that was like the most famous person I ever met. So talking to him and, and everything, and how everything just came to, I'm like, is this really happening? Like, was this supposed to happen? Which is so weird, weird to me, but um yeah it's it's funny being starstruck and trying to maintain your composure i felt is really difficult it's getting better now i just get nervous when anybody comes on like any guests that i have i still get nervous like um it could be someone we had a nutritionist just come on you know they were nobody particularly famous but i still get got nervous for whatever reason 
Um, mm. But that being said, we're uh, closing in on our time here, and I wanted to ask you one more question and give you some time to maybe ask us some questions if you want to, or we can just you know make our peace and say goodbye. But um, the last question that I really had, um, I'm curious to know from you, is what is your take on the popularity of nerd culture presently? Um, it's so mainstream, and it's like socially accepted, whereas I felt like in the 80s and the 90s, it was like basically frowned upon. I was joking mm-hmm. on our last episode, I used to get beat up as a kid because of a Ninja Turtles backpack and Power Rangers. <laughs> so it kind of curious you know like we have like joe manganiello and vin diesel playing D now like it's on the cover of magazines like it's cool so i'm kind of curious what is your take on the popularity of it um right now oh i don't have anything unusual beyond like the same thing like yeah it's amazing it's just totally amazing although it's funny you never it's still more of a bubble than you think i mean i feel like when you know it it, it it's kind of it, it's like yeah, it's incredibly mainstream, like, you know, to the point where people are complaining, like, that Hollywood is bending to our whims, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, and there's some people even getting angry, like, you nerds have all the power now, you know, I can't see, there's no movie out there that doesn't have people flying. Yeah, well, well, we deserve it, all right? We deserve yeah. it. But then it's funny, then you leave your own, you know, you don't go to, I managed to go back home to Massachusetts and it's like, you know, we're, uh, everyone's, you know, free home for Thanksgiving and everyone's talking about what TV shows they're into and none of them are sci-fi fantasy and then I mention whatever I'm into that sci-fi fantasy and they're all like, oh God, Eric, you and your (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, that's right. It's it's not like, you know, you're not going to be totally mocked, you know, but, uh, but there is a sense of like, oh yeah, we've heard that weird cult thing is now really popular. <laughs> you know, it makes a lot of. <laughs> it totally makes me think of Game of Thrones. Like Game of Thrones is like this show where it had some um, people knew of the books. I knew a couple people that read the books, and then the show just became this pop culture phenomenon. And every day, like it was like at work, like if we met somebody, they'd be like, "Oh, like do you watch Game of Thrones?" And they're like, "Yeah, okay, like where are you at?" Okay, yeah, and then, you used to like not talk to people who didn't watch that show be like you don't watch game of thrones no get away from me yeah it was game of thrones was a huge influencer and especially like people that don't are into that like nerdy like uh not science fiction but like that mythological kind of stuff and then yeah people used to read people would read the books but then it's so yeah it's so crazy how much like viewable media will change something like that because the story's been around long enough that and it's on it's it's written down, but people don't. Um, they're like, oh, it's a book. I don't have time to sit down and read a book, but they have time to sit down for an hour and a half to watch an episode of Game of Thrones. I think it's that push for visual media with nerdy and and uh, 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 geek culture is is kind of like what's pushed it along. Yeah, I think Game of Thrones was completely. Uh, um broke through to the mainstream in a way that uh i mean lord of the rings did too to some extent i mean i i, I saw people oh, I, knew I, who were, I love lord of the rings yeah who were not even that into like you know would never have let read you know lord of the rings in their lives or anything like that got really into a game of thrones too and also i mean i think marvel has been the one that has totally blown it open i mean how many people i know who have no, normally have no interest in this kind of stuff it's like it's gotten to the point now where they just feel out of it in the conversation i mean i was watching you know i'm also i'm being from boston i'm a big red sox fan i remember watching like a red sox game the weekend end game came out and all the announcers were like did you watch it no <laughs> did you no like i feel so out of it and i'm like oh my god i'm watching a red sox game and the announcers feel out of it out of mainstream <laughs> pop culture conversation because they didn't go see the latest marvel superhero movie that is incredible wow um 
Well, that's all the questions that we had for you. Did you? Would you like to ask us any questions, or are you curious about our show? Or I could always. Uh, yeah. I mean, you guys, you you feel like you're you feel like you're still kind of finding your your way, or do you do? You, what are some of the other questions you have about the show? Like where you feel like you want to go with it? Uh, f- uh, for me, well, personally, I know I've talked about this with uh, Josh and Ruthie. Was I? I kind of like the documentary style podcast. Like it's funny because I don't listen to to talk uh, show podcasts. I listen to documentary style podcasts. And something that I was really interested in doing was like a game called Killer Instinct from the '90s. And I, you know, I wanted to do something like that. Um, I wanted to dabble in that, but it's hard to get people to willing to talk about their stuff you know because it's something that they did so long ago um i just really enjoy talking about nerdy things and it seems like with ruthie and josh and and the promotion that we've been doing it seems people are starting to enjoy it and so i'm trying to focus on the quality making it better and, and and promoting so i it's more of like a hobby it seems like to me and if it does take off and is super successful then great you know i have a great job that i love so um and this was sort of like my baby, and, and Ruthie and, and Josh have been fantastic as far as co-hosts. So, yeah, I, I'm still not entirely sure where it's going to go, actually. Yeah, I mean, my feeling I said before is just, like, go with what you love, you know? And it will, I, I think, you know, it, it will come out in in the thing itself, and people will just be drawn to it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that's always just my guide, my, 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 you know, advice for that kind of thing. How long have you been doing the show? Uh, we started in September. Oh, yeah, September of uh, 2019. Yep, that's when we started. Oh, god, yeah, you just started. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I've been doing my show now for will be six years this uh, fall. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just, wow. Uh, oh. Um, awesome. Well, yeah, that's all the questions we have. I'm super grateful and thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's been <laughs> really cool to talk to you. I've you know, been listening to you for yeah. for over a year now for these years, and it's kind of kind of surreal to have the conversation with like one of my favorite podcasts also it's been oh really thank cool. you yeah thank you great but, um, well no it's good talking to you guys yeah, yeah thank you eric so much like i said i i haven't particularly heard any of your show content but after being exposed just recently i definitely uh it's on the docket for me to to dive into so i'm really looking forward to your content and i really appreciate you coming onto the show and then uh answering these questions for us it was a lot of fun okay great thanks all right and thanks for reaching out yeah no problem Take care. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Thank bye. you.